when you listen to the show, if we are wrong or we don't know what we're talking about, that is perfectly fine. And you can correct us anywhere you want on Twitter, on Instagram, or on Facebook. You can find us at Not A Historian Podcast or at Not Historians. That's fine because we just jump on the internet, go to the library, talk to people, watch some interviews, and do the basic research we can just to show that two average Joes can do it. Exactly. We're not historians. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Well, maybe he walked around with jelly beans. That's what it is. Maybe he walked around with jelly I think beans so. I think he, and he was at the crime scene and stuff and be like, nah, see, nah, I got these jelly beans, see, nah. We're just two dudes that came up with an idea and we said we should know more about the everyday world around us, like why are beer bottles the shape they are. In 1930, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, in an effort to alleviate the effects of the, anyone, anyone, the Great Depression. Get ready to take notes, boys and girls. It's another edition of the Not Historians Podcast, with your hosts, Desmond Dunn and Shalom Agulavan. Bugsy never hesitated when danger threatened. While we tried to figure out what the best move was, Bugsy was already shooting. When it came to action, there was no one better. I never known a man who had more guts. Doc Statue. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another iteration of The Not Historians with your host, Shalom Desmond. And today we're joined by a special guest, the illustrious, the prolific rhyme artist. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining us today. <laughs> I love that his intro is the most nonchalant of everyone. I mean, I, I, right? I gave him this whole this build, and he just says, Hi, guys. Well, anyway, today's show is about Bugsy Siegel. Bugsy is what I would say, I guess, the epitome of gangster. <laughs> but I think that this says it when we get into the show, hmm. we get into the story on this. The man who, he helped craft Vegas. Now, Vegas was already in existence, but he crafted the Vegas that we know currently. You mean he brought the mob to Vegas? That is correct. <laughs> That's literally what he did. I mean, he brought the mob to Vegas. He brought Colonel Enterprise to Vegas. He's the founder of the Syndicate and Murder, Inc. One of the founders. You're not, you're not the only guy. Uh, true, but one of the founders. But he's the one we're going to talk about today. Uh, in fact, Murder, Inc. is so big that we actually gave Murder, Inc. its own episode. Right. So we'll, we'll get into more about Murder, Inc. later on. And, and he had quite a career. Like, that's what hit me was... This dude was a hitman, a bootlegger, a racketeer. Right. Everything in the books. If you think the mob did it, yes, they did. And Bugsy Siegel was the man who did it for them. Well, and Bugsy Siegel was so cool about it, so smooth, so suave, so debonair, that he could he could rub shoulders with the, the Hollywood elite. And they were just happy with him. They just were like, oh, well, Bugsy can't be that bad. He can't be, do, he can't be doing any of the things he's accused of because... I mean, he's just such a nice guy. Yeah, well, he he was charming, and he was one of those dudes that, gun or camera, he was fine with either one. Right. And what made me really enjoy learning about him was the fact that this dude was one of the first big names, one of the true gangsters to head from the East Coast to the West Coast. Right. And just change the game, make it a national problem. I mean, I feel like it wasn't a problem. Well, okay, I get, that's a point of view. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think gangsterism is a problem. Gangsterism. Gangsterism. Crime. Organized crime. Hey, Gangsters. Gangs. Gangsterism. I just said gangsterism. We're going to just go ahead and point the time right here. It's gangsterism. Okay. Well. And, and I don't think it was a, a big deal. So Benjamin Siegel is his name. 
Bugsy if you're not close to him because most people, most gangsters, as we find out, he is the same in the fact that he hates his moniker, the the moniker Bugsy. So people didn't call him Bugsy to his face unless they had a death wish. It's really, really funny. That, like Most of the guys who deserve the nicknames they get, like uh, Jelly Bean. <laughs> right. you going to say that. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm, there's, who else do we have? Babyface. Babyface Nelson. Um, they, they, if they actually deserve the nickname, they don't like the nickname. I don't know about Jelly Bean's feelings on Dick Scarface Al Capone. Right. But then people like Machine Gun Kelly, who I'm going to bring up until we get to this damn show because <laughs> I want to do the show. Yeah. Machine Gun Kelly is one of those people that they love their nickname, probably don't deserve it. Like they, It's such a weird deal. It's like... Mm. Like you fired a Machine Gun twice. It's like when you get a name. Yeah, it's like... No, it's like when you get a name and you hate it and you're like, oh, you know my nickname's going to be? My nickname's going to be Fire with a Y-A. And then they're like, you will be Boots. Because you're wearing them cute little boots. And you're yeah. like, no, no, man, my name is Fire. And they're like, Bootsy. And then everywhere you go, if people are like, hey, Bootsy, you're like, yeah, damn it. That's exactly right. I think that's Why exactly was I wearing right. Timberlands that day? Why were I wearing Timberlands that were too short? Or well, too small, rather. <laughs> too short. Probably because you're from New York and you can't help yourself. That's, oh, that's the real answer. Oh, oh, you got to be careful about what you say about them New Yorkers, man. I'm telling you, they might come after you. Like, it's like, okay. like your boy Bugsy. I mean, Bugsy. They, they might. Well, well, so Bugsy had an interesting story. I mean, he's got a great origin. He's a Russian. He's he has Russian Jewish descent, and he grew up in Brooklyn. But he's been into criming since he was criming. Crime, that's correct, criming. Because he, he didn't graduate to gangsterism yet. He was still criming. So I have to set the stage. He he uh, he is a proficient crimer, and he 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 uh, he dabbled in this criminology, <laughs> not to be confused with criminology. He he started that back. Like when he was like 14 and he started like a racket gang, a racket, racket type situation where he would sell protection to these folks who had, went around with their cars or their carts. He did say, hey, what do I need protection from? He said, and then he would proceed to set their car on fire and tell them from me, mic drop. And so, I mean, that's one that's just got to be like one of it's the most wonderful hot dogs you have here. It would be horrible if something was to happen to you. <laughs> I feel like he said it just like that too. And you're like, what do you mean? What would happen to him? <laughs> Gasoline. I guess. I, mean, I don't know what happens to hot dogs. Like when you you're already, you're already no, I'm just saying you're already the streetcar hot dog. All the worst things I think have already happened. I've accepted when I order it. <laughs> so I don't know. I thought it was great that he founded the National Crime Syndicate. Yep. Which uh despite what I know, never fought Spider Man nor the Green Arrow. <laughs> Was it actually called National Crime Syndicate? Yes. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Legit. Yeah, they, they had your brother's uh, forefathers apparently on the naming commission here. <laughs> uh, I don't know who your brother is, but he sounds kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Agalaba, can you help us come up with a name? What are you doing? Crime. <laughs> the National <laughs> Crime Syndicate. On a national skip. <laughs> is it syndicated? Yes. The National Crime Syndicate. We'll take it. <laughs> Here's some hot dogs. They might taste like gas. Never mind that. <laughs> Here's some bullets, kids. <laughs> oh, man. These oh. shows get way too fun. Uh, <laughs> but it didn't take long for him to change, though, right? Like you right. said, he's about 14. He's already yeah. on the road, I guess, that would lead to the National Crime Syndicate into Vegas right. and all these things we've talked about. Uh, now, that, that, everything changed. So it, it did change, so, and that's a good point. He he's been accused of quite a bit, and I guess we'll get into that in the rundown of the show. But not fighting Spider Man. But definitely not okay. fighting Spider Man. 
I mean, that just didn't happen. I'm just well, well the National Crime Syndicate, and the dude's name is is Bugsy. Like mm, he's really pushing that old timey Marvel. <laughs> True. That's like from 19. The Vulture and Bugsy <laughs> strike again. Wow, that's that's some lame shit. <laughs> But yeah, no, you're right. It didn't take long for him to change. He, he the guy dropped out of school, started living life on the wrong side of the tracks. I mean, I guess you could say started. He continued down the wrong path, uh, shaking people down, smoking opium, bad mouth in this country. That's alleged. <laughs> uh, like I love this Chinese opium. Fuck America. <laughs> like that's whatever the, whatever ISIS is back now. I'm gonna I'm gonna join that. Like that's what he was doing. I, I mean, hey, you know what? He, he you, as you're gonna find, as you're gonna find later on, he also tried to sell ammo or explosives to Benito Mussolini. So it may not have been too far from his uh, stretch there. I'm just gonna go ahead and put that out. Yeah, but there's also another interesting flip side to that. So we'll get to it. Go. All right. Perfect. Perfect. So he, he was he was robbing people, raping hopefully people as we as we know, <laughs> and <laughs> and killing. Also, again, probably people. But this is all as a teenager. So he built up this this massive resume in the gangster arts arena, in the gangster <laughs> arts, right. So he built this massive resume in the gangster arts. And his at, the, at a certain point in time, his street cred had grown so hardcore that Meyer Lansky, a guy who decided to make the Jewish mob, isn't that correct? Yeah, it's a Jewish mob. Like, yeah. they, uh, Jews decided they needed their own mob. Right. Because the Italians, I guess, and the Irish were being pricks. Uh, which makes sense. That's how games start, kids. That's exactly how games start. Don't be a fool. Stay in school. So, winners <laughs> 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 don't do drugs. <laughs> Propaganda bunch. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so Meyer Lansky comes up to Bugsy and says, "Hey, I've got this idea for a show." No, I'm just kidding. He comes up to him and says, "Hey, I got this idea for a gang." And for an organization, and it'll represent the Jewish culture. And we said by by robbing and stealing. I like how you. That's the Jewish culture for you, as a man named Shalom. The idea of the Jewish culture <laughs> is robbing and stealing and raping. <laughs> the, the protection of the Jewish culture is to to preserve it, kind of similar to how the Italian mafia worked. Okay. The Italian mafia worked more of a as a, a family, and the Jewish mafia. Idea was the same. They built this this premise on we're gonna we're here for our people. You know that's what it is. Now the robbing, stealing, and whatnot. I assume happened some to the Jewish folks, but I think the primary focus was not the Jewish community of this right to so protect the community from those that were doing it to them from the other side exactly. And then you also have retaliation and plus money's nice and you learn. Well, wait a minute. Turns out the Italians aren't just raping and stabbing us for no reason. You can make money and have power. Exactly. We should have money and power. Let's go rape and stab some Italians. Man, this show really makes me seem like I hate Italians after the damn Mario Brothers deal. And then this... I might just well start saying Italians. Like, that's... I, I really, I really don't. I, I didn't think you did. <laughs> no, I know. But the show, I feel like people are don't know, like... I see that guy I'm going to spit on. <laughs> Well, that's that's awesome. Uh, so the, the the mob became the Bugs My, Bugs and Meyer mob. Uh, they were involved in bootlegging, robbery, and a protection racket that quickly became the premier contract. I, I have a question. Do you, I, I don't know if you know this. What do you gentlemen tell me? Bugs, Bugsy. Yeah. The nickname. Okay. What's up? 
Bugs Bunny, maybe? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's what I was thinking when I first heard yeah. it. I mean, maybe. I, you know, I don't know. It, it, you know what? I did read something that it had something to do with had something to do with his temper. He was quick tempered, and he he got this this name in the community, the, the Yiddish community. Uh, forgive me for if I mispronounce his name. Uh, this word Chaye. I have no idea. And I feel like you Nigerian the shit out of it. Uh, yeah, I think I do. <laughs> but it's um it's Yiddish for untamed. So this guy was he was he was he was often described as crazier than a bed bug. Oh, like he was bugging. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. And okay. so he hated the nickname, like I said earlier. I mean, he absolutely hated it. So was his nickname at the time Bedbug or Bugsy? <laughs> I think that it was both. Or Bugs. But I think that it was it was something that no one said to his face. Yeah. So I mean, there's no established, like, approved version right. for merchandising purposes. I mean, we might need to check the clip notes on that. But I think that there's no, there's no validation on it. If somebody's out there, I'm sure that there's lots of people that know the story of Bugsy Siegel. Uh-huh. The movies and stuff that... Somebody will know for sure. Well, I would hope so. Anyway, I just had a question because you said it was the Bugs and Myers gang or whatever. Right. Good question. So, in addition to the bootlegging robbery and the protection racket that they they built up, they also had the hired gun type situation going on where they were hired guns for the Jewish and Italian organizations along the East Coast, which I thought was kind of neat because Benny Siegel, like a lot of times we see gangsters that build up this gang persona. They have their own crew. They're there, but they're not working. They're working more behind the scenes nowadays. Like when you when you see the um, now you're Tony Soprano in it, with right? Like I make all the commands and I tell people exactly. what to do, and they got to get the shit done. The, the boss, they say, right. let's get it done. Well, I think that Bugsy at this point in time was still the boss, but he was actually out there doing the work. So he allegedly was one of the uh, the higher guns and was actually on the front lines doing the shooting. I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. Sometimes you gotta show people how to do the job right. I mean, I don't disagree with that. I'm not gonna show you again. One to the back of the head, two to the chest. <laughs> ah, damn it, it's not high. And I know we touched on Murder Inc. earlier in the show, but I wanted to kind of talk, talk about this being the seed, like the foundation of the beginnings of Murder Inc. Is the the Bugs Myers right? The Bugs right. Myers piece, and where they they because they're taking these hits from. Because I know what Murder Inc. is, so I'm right. assuming that because they're taking hits from all three organizations. Exactly. Okay. So, as he started up the ladder with Meyer Lansky, uh, he also was really good friends with Al Capone. Really? Yeah, I had no idea about that. I don't know. I didn't. I, don't. I mean, I guess they probably knew each other. Is Al Capone from New York? Probably from New York. Yeah, Al, Al Capone. Uh, I, I know he's in Chicago, Chicago. but, I don't, I don't, but he might have came from New York. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, I mean, I guess we'll get to that on somehow. Uh, they know we'll figure it out by the time we get to Al Right, and so they they spent a lot of time building this camaraderie, this fostership, and they, I mean, they just were good friends. So Bugsy spent a lot of time and a lot of money being like in the New York nightlife. I don't know what all that entailed, other than you know drinking a lot and parties and whatnot. Uh, girls and girls. I'm sorry, girls with some jazz music, some uh, Negro music. Maybe, maybe some martinis, girls and guns. I don't know. Uh, probably, probably. <laughs> Sounds. <laughs> Shout out to Cheryl Crow. Some Tommy guns. Yeah, Tommy guns. Tommy Rock guns. And roll, yeah. Rocky Five. It's good. I, I think that's exactly what happened. So he made fun, or he made friends with a lot of a lot of people around him who were in the same type of environment, doing the same type of work. The 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 robbing, 
the raping and pillaging, I guess, is one way we can look at it, although different time frame. So, so wait, man, you make friends with people that were raping and pillaging in different time frames, like Vikings? I mean, <laughs> sometimes that happens. <laughs> All right, I'm just, I'm just being clear here, Doc Brown. I want to know. <laughs> no, no, no. So he didn't go back in time and rape and pillage any Vikings. No, I'm saying that the racket that they had built up, he he found okay. other like-minded people, and they did the same. I'm just I'm just clearing it up. No, Old time he came to conquerors, cool. But <laughs> <laughs> so this man wore designer suits, and he was really he was known for being a good-looking guy. But he was also one of those good-looking guys who knew he was good-looking and wasn't afraid to tell anybody. Yeah, I mean, he we, he had lots of uh, girlfriends. He had a wife. He had a wife and a mistress. Yeah. I mean, a few mistresses. A wife, a mistress, and a girlfriend, <laughs> as the saying goes. Shout out to Two Chains. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, he had that kind of situation going on, and he was real charismatic. So I think that what we're starting to see is. The gangster persona is not just somebody who is rough and rugged. It's somebody who's rough and rugged, but still has a smooth demeanor and can and is able to mix it up with the crowd. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I mean, so he is in a way that the gangster, kind of like Nucky was, but this guy's on a bigger level. Nucky, Nucky was doing it just in his hometown. He was in right. Atlantic City, showboat. And exactly. this guy is going to be on both coasts and in the desert, just kind of like, look... I, I'm a good-looking dude. I got money, but I also have power. So he's really just out there living life. Yeah, exactly. And I think but one of the parallels, or rather one of the sharp contrasts that I saw in my research on this was that, you know, Nucky, if, if uh, I know we touched on the fact that if Nucky didn't like you or you didn't you did something to, to offend Nucky, then you were, um, at that point in time, Nucky could give it the power and take it away. Yeah, he blackballed you. Right. Done. Well, with this, or with, with uh, Bugsy, if Bugsy didn't like, if he liked you, you had a job. You were good. But if Bugsy didn't like you, you didn't have life. You were gone. So by, by 1929, he, uh, he and Lansky were sitting down with the likes of Johnny Torrio, Lucky Luciano, Vito Genovese, uh, Albert Anastasia, which is a weird name for a guy. I would change my last name. I mean, I'm just saying. Dutch Schultz and Al Capone, as well as Waxy Gordon. Silver Dollar Sam. Silver Dollar Sam needs to be a rap name. Somebody get her on that. <laughs> I, I feel like that might be a rap name. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it later. I just know Silver Dollar Sam is sounds awesome. <laughs> right, <laughs> Santo uh, Traficante Senior, and the man, uh, the czar of the Ritz himself, Nucky Johnson. He 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 met he met all those guys at Atlantic City, right? Like he was part of this conference that we talked about in the last episode, right? Like we said, this is a through kind of. It's going to be when we get to a certain age because we talk about the Depression guys, right? They're a little bit different. The Prohibition guys are a little different. The Prohibition guys definitely, when you see a name and it's mob related, like Atlantic City conference is going to play a big role into the development of the mob. As we know it, we talked about that during the show. We did. And so this is why there's not an episode on the Atlantic City Conference, because it's just going to keep popping up right. that you should get the idea of how important it is. And we don't know the contents. Like we said, we don't know what the hell they actually decided. I mean, we just know there was a conference. And like, he <clears throat> threw Al Capone in a goddamn car by his collar. I mean, that's that. Still, right still want to point out that's still amazing. Did you know that a man manhandled Al Capone after Al Capone got kicked out of a hotel because he was a Wow. <laughs> 
I mean, that's just, a straight up gangster, right? Yeah, well, it was. <laughs> it was. It really was. It was. It was. And, but then we got to this episode, and it no longer epitomized gangster. This did. <laughs> Watching that happen. Watching I mean, that happen again. Much more. What, well, you know what? But that was, like we said, that was one of the earliest <laughs> organized crime summits, if not the earliest, that we actually know occurred. Right. And it shaped the entire future of everything that came after uh, in organized crime. Absolutely did. You know, part of what shaped that would come two years later. So, we talked about the Atlantic City meeting, and it was paramount to mention, or rather it was a paramount meeting, but if you weren't invited to that meeting, I would question why I wasn't invited to that meeting. But I mean, I think it was a probably a deliberate effort. I mean, that list was pretty inclusive. We ran down that list, I think, pretty well last last uh, Nucky show. Right. And it was episode 10, if you want to go back and check it out. But when we ran it down, you see it's a who's who. Exactly. But, of course, there were people that weren't invited. I think that was very deliberate. Yeah. So I think that's paramount and evident in the fact of the gunning down of Joe Masseria and Salvatore Maranzano. They were they were mob bosses and they were gunned down by Bugsy and Myersman, allegedly. Allegedly. Most likely, we're just going to go ahead and throw this out there, most likely Bugsy was there. And the one pulling. So, the do you think when he, when he did it that you know how they're like, oh, the, the whatever uh, the Corleone send their, their their regards, boom, boom, boom. He's like, I send my regards, or does he just go regards? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. I mean, I feel like he, I feel like he wasn't afraid to say his name. Yeah. But I think that's interesting, and we'll kind of go through this as well. It's really interesting how he's never convicted of anything. Is it? <laughs> I mean, hmm, what could possibly be going on? I mean, you know what? If you're able to get past this, now, did I he mean, like have the cops in his pocket or anything like? That? I mean, they definitely did. We see when he goes to like uh, L.A. and Las Vegas. Yeah, he pay he pays off the cops. They pay off the cops, and of course, they were doing it in Chicago, New York. Um, but I think also is the fact that uh, he runs an organization whose main purpose is to kill people. <laughs> I, I mean, that's true. That's how he makes his money. Uh, not all of his money, but that's how he makes his money one way. So I think that that's probably more likely is the fear that you're going to testify against somebody. Pick the dude that isn't known for for killing people. Yeah. Pick the guy that, that's smuggling heroin or something. Not. I, I mean, yeah, well, maybe. Well, I'm just saying. He might be willing to take out a hit, but he's hiring this guy. If you flip on this guy, he's he's, yeah. putting, he's bringing the axe down on your head. I mean, uh, that makes sense. No. So, <laughs> that so, makes so they killed two bosses. Yeah, two bosses. Now, so the, what this Jeez. did, yeah, I know. What this did was it made, it made, it paid the way for uh, Lucky Luciano to come in and be an equal in the mob boss world. So well, he was he was the first among equals, right? That's the right, title, the first among equals, which is the, the what they call the leader, right? And that's their which the grand wizard of the mob bosses, the grand wizard of the mob bosses. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, um, ah, that was that was rough. <laughs> okay, so hold on. So he's the first among equals. Right, the first among equals. So that's the king. Yeah, I mean, he sits right. on the throne. He's equal to everyone, but he's the first one that's equal. Right, so he's ahead of the rest, exactly, <laughs> or ahead of the pack. All right, he's the alpha. He's the alpha dog here. Right. And so he, uh, he he was under those guys, right? I guess because that's how he got in the power. Right, he was an underboss. Oh, right. Is what he was. Right. He was an underboss uh, or a lieutenant, I guess, is what we would call. I him have no guys. idea how that works. Okay, well, Maybe one, he's a captain because captain's above lieutenant. No, uh, captain or a capo is. 
It, yeah, you're right. They're above a lieutenant. No, I'm saying it's ranks. I don't, I don't know how about them. I'm just saying what you don't give me whack. I'm just, we're telling stories here. We're spreading the myth. That's what you should want. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy right. my life and my legs. So, so one of these days we're gonna go ahead and just break down the, the mob structure. I think we should you do can that. do that. That sounds good. <laughs> but I'm not going to I won't be here for that show either. <laughs> I'm not going to infiltrate them from the inside. I, I like how quiet he is. He's like, no, I can't get killed. I'm, I'm trying to live life. <laughs> so, so this was the start of the commission, the ruling body of the five families and of the Chicago outfit. So that's, I mean, that's kind of neat. If, if we pause it for a second and just let that, uh, you know, marinate, that's. That's really a, a paramount fact right there. That's pretty awesome. So it is, like we said, this comes out of the Atlantic City Conference, though, because mm-hmm. these dudes were invited. Luciano was invited. Right. They get heated about it. Ends up with them dying. And that leads to the foundation of the commission. And that brings the five families and Chicago totally under one umbrella, pretty right. much. And that's all spans from Lucky and, what, 29 with the, right? It's 29? Right. Yeah, it's 29. Yeah, 29 with Nucky in Atlantic City. That's crazy. Yeah, this is the first so time throughout the seasons, because we just mentioned it last show, right. that it's actually coming into play. Exactly. And this is also the start of the National Syndicate, the National Crime Syndicate. Is it the same thing? I don't know. Is it like the American <laughs> League and then the American Football League? Like, I just want to be clear here. I, 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 I understand what you're saying. I just don't know. Yes. But I'm assuming it's the same yeah, thing. Yes, the okay. same. The same. Okay. So what it is, is it's a loosely connected group of criminal organizations from across the country and across racial lines. So this right here is the time where we start to see, you know, you've got the Italian mob, you've got the, the Irish mob, you've got the Jewish mob. And now you see them all working together across these racial lines to say, hey, look, we're all in this enterprise to make cash. So let's do that. We're all in this enterprise to make cash and to off some folks. So let's let's do it. I mean, that's just... I think that's that's awesome right there. That's awe-inspiring for, for me. I think that is the... Opinion. One day I hope to found my own criminal organization mm. based on killing and robbing. <laughs> I, I didn't say that. I'm just No, saying, I think you did. All of this is alleged. All of this is information. Is, well, the information is true. The, <laughs> the, the speculation is alleged. I, I think he just confusingly tried to cover his own ass. <laughs> He's like, some of this is true and some of this is false. The parts that will get me killed are false. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be real honest. We'll talk about this in the after show, so I'll probably cut it out. Maybe I'll leave it in. Uh, the only one of these that ever scares me when we go to write about shows, one that I will not write, is honestly cartels. <laughs> we live in Texas. It's a real thing. I see the markings on the side. I have no want, no need to press that. Um, yeah. They exist. You can see a modern day. We, we like part of our whole thing is to stay out of current events, right? In recent history, as much as we can, contemporary history. So, no, there will not be a cartel show. Uh, you would have to pay us a lot more. <laughs> so, get on that Patreon. Oh, uh, so this is how how Meyer and or excuse me, this, this is how Bugs. And Lansky came together to found Murder, Inc. Now, what Murder, Inc. is, for those of you who don't know, Murder, Inc. is a collection of the best hitmen in the underworld that would travel around the country to do jobs and protect their interests. Again, we're going to talk about Murder, Inc. in their own episode on yeah. the Night Story, so I won't go into detail on that now. I don't know if that'll be a gangster show or a later show, but at some point, Murder, yeah. Inc. will be, hopefully it'll be a gangster show, but 
So that's how Murder, Inc. starts. It was with Meyer and Lansky as their gang. And then through the Atlantic City Conference and then through the commission and through the syndicate, it ends up becoming consolidated. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly right. I just wanted to make sure that the line there is... Yeah, I mean, they've got this this uh, this succession type situation that they've set up where it's one organization translates to another organization and then they've got this side organization, Murder, Inc., is another avenue for money. So that's, that's more right. like that. All right. And it's kind of also just, I guess, is it like a general... Perf- I guess it, I, you don't know. We'll talk about it in the show, but I have questions. Is it like a general protection fund, like an insurance fund? I guess everyone kind of contributes men to Murder, Inc. Right. And the then everyone man. contributes... Money to murdering in the event, like on retainer, right? In the event that they need to use them, they have a force, like a a special ops team of hitmen that can just go in and take care of a problem for them to keep all their interests safe since they're so interconnected now. Right? Because before they might be worried with each other. I'm just trying to understand. I'm not. I mean, and that, I think that because I'm kind of viewing it kind of like uh, to put it, I guess, in terms of something like you would understand is like the shogunate, like. Yeah. When they Warren States period, which isn't the Chinese Warren States, it's the Japanese one before Tokugawa and stuff. When they have it that they're fighting, and then once they all come under one, they're they're, they're fighting. They have all these retainers because right. you have to protect each other's interests and your vesting. So you might be asked to send a hundred men over here. Yeah, that's exactly 14 right. Fourteen samurai. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to understand because I I get the general purpose of it, but. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't confusing people by just saying it was an organization. I like it's a separate entity. It's not a separate entity. It's all like there's the mob, or like there's the the National Sun Current made up of like three or four different mobs made up of fifteen different families, and then Murder Inc. is also on the side. No, it's like at the center. It's where they all like the Venn right. diagram where they all overlap. All right, exactly like that. Okay, yeah, exactly like that. Really good question. Sorry. No, no, no. Really good question. The listeners need to know. I mean, absolutely. So, moving on. In 1933, Lansky, Lansky and Siegel dropped a dime on Waxy Gordon to the IRS that landed him in prison. Now, I agree with you. Wa- uh, Waxy Gordon really does sound like, uh, I mean, it does. It sounds more like a DC name, though. I mean, Waxy Gordon sounds like he needs to be an R&B singer. Like, him, no. him and Frank Ocean should get together. I'm really yeah. single. Maybe uh, him and Billy Ocean. I don't know, but they need the, to get together. That'd be the messiest CD ever. What? Waxy Gordon sings the greatest hits. <laughs> you know love. <laughs> it could be like uh, Best wow. of Both Worlds with uh, R. Kelly and Usher. Kind of. Thank that you, Brian Morris. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but Waxy Gordon is another good name. I mean, it's Silver really Dollar Sam and Waxy Gordon, greatest hits. <laughs> Okay, okay, I would buy that. I really would. I, totally I would buy that scene. I would too. I was like, oh, they, they'd be on there like talking about cats. I would buy it. I'm just saying. All right, that was awkward. <laughs> it was because I think we're both like, yeah, you would. <laughs> yep. So, I love Calico's the best of all. So he'd be like, yeah. So here's the weird thing. Okay, so they snitch on this guy, on this guy Gordon, and he gets put in prison. The IRS comes, gets him, snatches him up, he's in prison. Like, why do you make the call? Like, I just want to know, like, he has to be connected to you in some way, or you have to have some knowledge of his operations to be able to, to turn IRS onto him. Yeah. So, how cunning are these dudes? They're like, look, we can throw Waxy under the bus and right. still make our way without losing anything. I mean, that would be like me trying to tell 
the, the FBI about your illegal cigarettes that you made in your closet here. And, and I'm in here all the time. Yeah. yeah they'll be like that. Also want to have a disclaimer. There are no illegal cigarettes that, that, that Desmond has made and hid in the closet. Just going to go ahead and put that out there. So the, the next interesting piece to this is that Gordon put a hit out on, on Lansky and Siegel. I'm not sure why he thought he it was a good idea. I mean, he was probably pissed off because they sent him up. Like, because like, you know you had to get the B team, right? Right. Like, because yeah, you can't get the A team. They're gonna go. They're gonna be like, "Hey, look, hey, boss, <laughs> boss, uh, you're not gonna believe this. Gordon just hired us to, to, for for a hit on you guys. What do you? I mean, <laughs> right. So you, you, you got to call some out of towners that are like drunk. I imagine the three stooges come in with guns. And like, <laughs> the, well, and that's kind of the shit that happened. The attempt was made by the Fabrios or. Fabrizios brothers? <laughs> they sm- I thought they smelled fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> like they come in and their bullets smell like roses and clean linen. <laughs> <laughs> I love the smell of death in the morning. Or some shit like that. I don't know. His wife's like, Can you, will, will you light a match in there? And he's like, Hold on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, like, smells better. Walks out. So, so I mean, as you as you would guess, they failed at killing them. I mean, they failed. Uh, a shocker, right? Big shocker. <laughs> yeah. And so, Bugs tracks them down, uh, which, in true Bugs fashion, you know, he kills them allegedly. Allegedly kills them. They're really dead, but I mean, allegedly it was him. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, this. I, I don't know if that would be a short list or a long list. They're, Possible suspects. I, I mean, it's probably a very short list. Saying there's yeah. two folks, two guys. Yeah. Uh, the next piece here was that they had a brother that was another one of the brothers in, in this group. Another fabulous smelling brother. I mean, I, I imagine he was fabulous, but less fabulous as the other. All two. Right, he was like new car smell. Like you like it, but you don't know what it is. Okay. Exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> he was the new car February ago. Exactly. <laughs> so he wrote a, a memoir trying to spill the beans on Murder Inc. and. Again, in true Bugs fashion, hunted him down and killed him. So, I mean, shit, this is like, if Bugs was still alive, we wouldn't be doing this show. I mean, obviously because it wasn't history, but also because I don't want to get dead. Well, we wouldn't be telling you all these stories. Yeah, yeah that's true. We'd be telling you how wonderful the man was. Absolutely. Makes a mean Martin. And we'd be calling him Benjamin. We wouldn't be calling him um, Bugsy. I like Benjamin. It's a good name. I mean, Benjamin's a great name, yeah. Bugsy's kind of great too. I mean, I, I wouldn't want that nickname. Yeah, I wouldn't right. name. I wouldn't name anyone Bugsy though. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> want that nickname at all. So in the in the late thirties, Siegel decided to take a trip down or tri- trip out west for health reasons. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Maybe not. He wanted to not catch a bad case of uh, lead poisoning. <laughs> Is that what it was? <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, it's forty five <laughs> cc's of lead. <laughs> <laughs> So he ends up moving up to California, where he sets up the West Coast Avengers uh, branch of the National Crime Syndicate. I don't know why they didn't have a Great Lakes, but that's what it is. Great Lakes sucks. <laughs> uh, he became the number king of uh, L.A. Like, in running numbers, he was your man. Yeah. He paid off the cops. He paid off everything. And he also, uh, thankfully, we can owe so much to Benjamin Siegel, started the drug trade between the U.S. and Mexico. Thanks, Bugsy. Yeah, so, so much. Mm. Living in Texas, we can't tell you how much we appreciate mm. that. Um, he also established several casinos and prostitution rings while in L.A. And then he was there mostly on business. Like, they sent him because, from what I remember, 
other games, smaller games, were of course popping up in LA because it's so far removed from Chicago and New York. Right. So they picked Bugsy to go over there because he was one knew what he was doing and two had muscle. Yeah. And they say, hey, go over there and make sure we don't get overran because we don't want to end up fighting like somewhere in Kansas in the middle of the country. Right. So go over there, settle down, tell them that New York and Chicago are still in control. L.A. is not shit. So he went over there. He did that. And then uh, being Bugsy, we talked about he likes the high life. He likes it. Oh, yeah. He realized Hollywood was really close and was like, "Mm, I should go over there. Right. So he went over to Hollywood. And that's where he met all the people you were talking about earlier at the beginning. Right. Uh, Celebrities, uh, duchesses, I guess. Everyone that is in an Archer episode, like he was like, yeah, I'm rubbing shoulders with these people. Right. And he lived in in Beverly Hills. I mean, that's life. Yeah. Absolutely life. Uh, and that, that's where he actually, I guess, got into like foreign. He met these people, like countesses and stuff. And he actually would go to foreign countries with them and hang out. And that's when he tried to do the gun running for Mussolini, I think. Yeah, this is exactly that. Okay. So, so this is where he does that. You go ahead because I am. I know he does like rackets and stuff and sets it up there. But I have no idea how the story plays out from other than he lived the high life because. When you watch the videos and stuff, this is a big part of his deal. Because Virginia Hill, who I don't want to talk about, but was Bugsy's like on again, off again mistress, right? Uh, shows up out here too, working for the Chicago mob. Because Bugsy's representing New York out here, they send her because she was one of those. She was a really pretty lady, but she was also smart in a crime way, right? So she would manage and keep track of everyone, and you couldn't really pull anything over on her, and she could seduce people and all this. So it, it works. But her and uh. Her and Bugs seemed to have something a little bit different. Uh, True. True like where they were. Because they met, I guess, in New York or Chicago. And it didn't work out. Because uh, Joe Adonis, right? Right. Was with her. And he was like, I hate Joe Adonis, but that girl's hot, so I'm going to go take her. And he did. He was Mr. Steal Your Girl. He was original Mr. Steal Your Girl. I mean, I think that's that's how that happened. Yeah. I mean, that, that's his name, but that, that Well, I mean, pretty much. They called him, like, what was it? Uh, I watched the one video, the documentary where the lady from uh, the knew him. Was talking about it and said all the girls, you know, we'll call him uh, Mr. Bedroom Eyes. Yeah. Because, yeah, he was or, so Or Vinny Blue Eyes. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, hmm, you know, you got a good name when, when, when I, I said, ladies love Cool James. Yeah, right? He, he preferred that nickname. Probably. He was like, he, he, he lived up to it too. I you can call, call me Vinny Blue Eyes. It's all right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, this guy was crazy, though, with, with the rackets that he would pull over. He really he actually took over this the Screen Extras Guild. And the L.A. Teamsters, borrowing money from Hollywood elite folks was his thing. I mean, that's what he, that's what he went for. So he built he built this network and this friendship with these Hollywood A-listers. Wait, I, I have I'm another question. Go ahead. The Screen Extras Guild. Yeah. So like the hot dog cart gambit from earlier, I'm assuming that like you're like we need somebody to eat spaghetti convincingly in the back, and he's like. Yeah, it's two hundred dollars, and they're like, "No, the going rate's twenty bucks." He's like, "It's two hundred dollars if you want him to eat convincingly." He's like, "It'd be horrible if something happened." He just like picks up spaghetti and starts throwing around like that, no, 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 all in the face and the hair. And they're like, "Give him the two hundred bucks." And he's like, "Very good." And he's like, "He has a guy a towel here, clean yourself off, throws him fifty. Guy gets an extra thirty bucks. And he makes his money, walks off." Like, <laughs> I just like it like they all doing the ministry of silly walks from Monty Python it's just like if you want them to walk correctly in the background 
<laughs> Gotta pay up, man. Pay me some money. You know, I feel like that's exactly what happened with this record. No, it was probably more like if you want a job, like he told the studio, yeah. hey, uh, uh, don't hire other people. I'd hate for your back lot to burn down. I mean, or one of your directors to break leg, or you're some of your cameras right. to miss it. So hire my people, and then all of his people were like five hundred dollars. But what's so weird about that is he had built this rapport with all these folks to where they didn't believe that he was this violent. Like they thought, I mean, he can't be this violent. I mean, that's that's what they thought. And it's even more evident in the fact that he would borrow money, like I stated earlier, from these Hollywood elite. And not only would he get this money. He would never have to pay it back because he's like, nobody's going to fucking ask me for this money back. I dare him. Well, I mean, but not even that. It's just kind of smart. Like, if you borrow, think about it. He doesn't have to borrow, like, a million dollars. Yeah. But imagine if you go ask Keanu Reeves for 20 bucks and he gives you 20 bucks. You think Keanu Reeves cares about 20 bucks? I also don't think Keanu Reeves is going to give me 20 bucks. No, I don't either. I mean, he's a really cool dude. He might. That's why I picked him. But All right, that's fair. But I'm just saying, like, you think it really factors into the man's lifestyle? Like... <laughs> He, he doesn't care about $20. He might think you're a jerk, but he's going to be a little jerk. Uh, I don't know. So he's kind of an asshole, I guess. I mean, way. kind of. Yeah, he's kind of an asshole. He did offer to kill Herman Goring Uh-oh. and Joseph Goebbels. Well, you know, I guess there's something to it. Like One of the best hitmen in the country is like, you know what I should do? I should go kill those Nazis. <laughs> like, that's, a, that's a legit... Um, actually, I know this story. So he, he met this uh, Italian countess. Now, she was American, right. but her husband was an uh, account, uh, DeFrasso. And yeah, they, okay. they went there and they were on holiday and they ended up staying in the same building together hmm. as uh, Goring and Goebbels. And what, uh, he said, hey, you want me to kill him? You know, because he's Jewish and they're Nazis. And she goes, no, because it would, it would look bad on her husband's account. And he was like, eh, next time. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened. He's like, oh. so think about it. He could have prevented most of the war. Now, here's the question. If we had been, if everything happened the same, but he did make those two hits, knowing what you know, now we're in the future. In the past, yeah. they couldn't have known this. But in the future, if you were sent back in time, time cop style. All right. And you were like, I have to pass judgment on you. Do you let the go do go or do you, do you not? Because he kills two of the most major assholes in history, but he's also a huge criminal in his own right. I, I let him go. I mean, like you're like, oh, he's got to do all the other stuff in order to get to the point where he can do this stuff. I mean, yeah, I think there's. I, I, I would like to know because this this is not a traditional history question that we ask on the show. It's really so fun. I like the listeners. And you, you could chime in. What do you think? You let him go or you... I don't know. I think I'd let him go just so everything, like, happens the way it was supposed to happen. Because you alter in time. And I'm just going to go to, like, sci-fi stuff. But you alter in time, right? Would, like, make him yeah. another power. Par- yeah, we might, it might be somebody stuff. worse than Goals. It might be something somebody worse than Gary. We don't know. Yeah. No. So, but at the same time, I just wonder. It's an interesting dilemma, like, a philosophical dilemma, like... If you you go let him be a criminal, he's gonna kill all these other people who are also mostly criminals, but sometimes not. Right. And gambling and prostitution and murder, but he would kill these dudes. No, he didn't. So we don't have to really ask questions. That's why it's out there. But I just thought it was an interesting question. Sorry. I mean, it is an interesting question. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead, tell your story. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> it. All right, moving on. In 1939, Siegel and, and Co. killed suspected informant Harry Greenberg. Is this Big Greeny? It so is I kept Big Okay. Somebody kept saying Big Greeny, and I was like, I have no idea who Big Greeny is. Well, so the part, the thing is, 
with me, my understanding is when you have informants, like informants meant that you don't have to have a warrant to be arrested oh. because you've got all this information that the informants are feeding to the cops. I have no idea. So, I just know that they uh, lick your boom down. That's, that's the only thing I know about informants. I don't think. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see what you did there. Missed that completely at first. Um, um, but that, so he had an informant. I don't know. I don't think informants were. I think it is that informants can uh, like help you get a arrest warrant or indictment. Yeah. But I don't think you can just go, I have an informant, so you're under arrest. Well, no, I mean, I think, the, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. No, I mean, but you the, can, obviously, you don't have to warrant whenever you arrest somebody. So, yes, if the informant gives you information, you can go arrest somebody. Yeah. But you can only arrest them. You can't just, like, throw them in jail or prison. Right. For my informant said, you still got to take them to trial. Well, true, true. Right. But, yeah, you can arrest somebody just off, based off based of on informant right. information. And that was, that was interesting. Uh, two years later, one of the killers that was involved uh, turned state turned to a state witness against uh, Bugsy. And Bugs sat in jail during the trial, but he treated it more like, I mean, in Bugs' fashion, he treated it more like a hotel. Well, I mean, I, I can understand that because there were, I guess this is the XYZ case, right? Uh-huh. Where they had the three witnesses, X, Y, and Z. Right. And at the same time, um, while Bugsy is supposed to be in jail, people are reported of seeing him at the hotel he lived at getting a... Getting his shoes polished and stuff, and checking his mail and whatever, and waving. Yeah. He's like, "It's me, Bugsy Siegel. I'm not in jail." And they're like, "Maybe Bugsy isn't in jail." <laughs> and then he would get him back in the taxi and go back to jail or whatever and sleep and then eat dinner there because apparently it's free. Uh, uh, I mean, but you know how they did but they, in they, jail back then. But the thing is, like, these were state's witness. They were under whatever the form of protective custody was. And strange, not good. Strangely enough, <laughs> guess what happened. Yeah, X got X. <laughs> exactly. Y went somewhere, and uh, Z is gone. So, so he, exactly, and so this is why I think that the man had some some actual business savvy about him. Because, well, definitely because he was able to one. The trial got dismissed. I mean, obviously the, the witnesses are gone. You're not going to be convicted. Yes, that's how, how it works. I mean, that's, that's how it works, right? But he was also he also stood trial again in '44 for bookmaking, but was acquitted again. This I'm telling you, this is a theme that we see with some of these gangsters is that they they're indicted or rather they're arrested, brought up on charges, and then the charges drop. Well, it happens when, like I said, when you can't find witnesses. I mean, I wouldn't testify. I ain't no snitch. <laughs> well, not even that. I mean, you just wouldn't testify because you'd be dead. Make, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they wouldn't even take the they, chance. They, they, they would have the thing, and it was it was wonderful too in this case because it was like it wasn't just your standard like hell of bullets. It yeah. was like oh no. This man went up to the roof of a hotel and jumped off of it. <laughs> He's like, wait, under police escort? Yep. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's sad, though, because, I mean, that just... Uh, he drowned in a bathtub. Like, strange things happen. So here's a question, and, and this kind of goes back to my thoughts on it. If you have a witness, and a witness you know is not going to say anything, or they say they're not going to say anything, do you let them live or do you kill them? Wait a minute, what do you mean? A witness to your crime, like let's say you committed a crime, do you let that witness no. live? You know, you you know the rule. Yeah, you're right, dead man tell no tales. Two people you see the, you keep a secret if one of them is dead. That's exactly right. That's the golden rule to crime. That's fair. All right, just thought I'd ask. What about you, Brian Artist? Would you let him live? I don't know what I would do. Honestly, no? I don't know. Wow. So after these run-ins, Bugs decides to go to a place where he had turned his up his nose up to once before. He is going to the illustrious place of Las Vegas. 
Las Vegas at the time, I feel like, wasn't that illustrious. I mean, I feel like it might have been. I feel like it was probably a hot desert like it is now. I mean, it's, it's still a hot desert, right? I don't go to Vegas purely for the fact that I don't want to go to a desert. Nothing good has ever happened in the desert. I mean, I, I couldn't, well, Vegas is a lot of fun. You should try it. And you say that. But all I ever hear is, it's too damn hot. And I lost my damn money. So, none of that sounds like the way I want to spend my vacation. Yeah. So, as a new enterprise movement, or after the expansion, Bugs actually goes to Las Vegas, and he takes over not only the crime syndicate-based operations, but he also takes over the casino, or a casino, the hotel business, the infamous Flamingo Hotel. I've been to the Flamingo, the one that's in existence now, nothing like the one back then. High quality. Uh, it is high quality. So, so it's just like the one back then. Benjamin Siegel doesn't get shit. I mean, that's true. But what I'm talking about is it took this man so long to get this one off the ground. Um, So there's rumors that that he was trying to turn over a new leaf and just wanted to go legit. So that's why he has this hotel that's separate from there. He has like this whole casino hotel like they are in Vegas. Right. He's trying to take it over. He's like, look, I'm going to run the crime syndicate stuff, but I'm also going to have my own. And no one's going to complain because I'm going to do my job. But I'm going to do my job plus. Right. And this will be mine. And then he can just go, I guess I'm out, guys, and take the Flamingo and live comfortably. Yeah, and so the the Flamingo was still a project in the works at the time. Which seems like a horrible decision for one to take over. Like, I I don't know about you, but it's like, you don't want to buy a fixer-upper or a, you know, a construction project. You're like, no, give me the one that's finished. It's already right. making money, and I'll just sit in the back. And use that. Yeah, exactly. But he oh, went yeah. up to the Flamingo's current owner, William Wilkerson. And muscle yeah. him out of the project. I know he does sound like a like a, a fucking uh, Marvel villain. It's William Wilkerson. William Wilkerson. Doctor Doom. No, I mean yeah, yeah, Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner. Yeah, Reed Richards and William Wilkerson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It works. Stanley approved. Go ahead. <laughs> Feel like we should get Excelsior. Stanley. All right, yeah, exactly. There we go. There we go. Oh, um, gonna get sued. <laughs> <laughs> So he about him. the starship. All right. So, so he muscled him out of the project, of the project, and he wanted to take over the building or building of it, the construction. So he talked to the mafiosos, the mob bosses back L.A. and then also Chicago and New York area, and they were sending him some money. They wanted them to invest money in this hotel, which I think was the worst idea of this whole plan. See, if he had financed it himself, I think that that would have just made this. All him. But I think he had big dreams. Uh, he did have big dreams. And you can tell that by the fact that he asked them to invest their money. And initially, the hotel casino was only at $1 million. Like, the investment was $1.6 somewhere around there. Not, I mean, it's a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money. For a hotel and casino, I feel like it's not. Exactly. That's the point. But the next piece to that is, by the time it was done, he had racked up a six, uh, $6.5 million, uh, million dollar price tag on this. So I'm like, ah, that's that's uh, pretty pricey. Yeah. I mean, I heard lots of stories about the Flamingo. I don't know if they're specifically tied to Bugsy or not. But there was a lot of stories about, like, it was people were building it wrong on... Because he was he never done construction really before. Right. And so people would, like, build it wrong. And they'd be like, oh, but that's what you told us. And he didn't know. Or he'd be like, that's what it says in the plans. And then they would redo it. And he would pay them twice. So... And, and that's that's the sad thing. It's like you've got to be. This guy went from being like this this articulate, this debonair guy, this smooth operator who knew how the finances worked of his of his enterprise, and he went to somebody who was paying double and triple for things. 
you know, two or three times. For, no, I, mean, I think that, that shows like why you're an expert in your field. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, it, it's money that you're paying for. That. Well, no, but I'm saying like he knows contract killing. He knows numbers, rackets. Yeah, he knows racketeering. He doesn't know construction and gambling and hotel management. Uh, well. You don't know that this dude. It's like when they have a doctor tell you something, and then you find out he's like a doctor of medieval flutes, and you're like. Wait a minute. I don't think this guy should be telling me about vaccines. <laughs> That's all I'm saying is like, you get out of your field, maybe you shouldn't, you know. But it's numbers. That's my thing. It's his numbers. But he doesn't know what it costs. I mean, like, here's the thing. He doesn't know how it costs. He doesn't know how it works. He doesn't know if that's really what happens or not. He's never dealt with this before. That's why I think it's a really bad idea to get, if I don't know something about it, I'm not going to buy. Right. So I'm gonna, like, you're not, a, you're not a mechanically inclined dude when it comes to like cars and stuff. Was that so, a question? No, I'm telling you, you're not a mechanically inclined dude. So, like, uh, if you go buy a car, you're not going to get a car and someone's like, oh, well, you know, you got to change the seals on it and it needs, you know, all this work. And you'll be like, I don't know what any of this is. So, no. Right. Okay, fair point. <laughs> where, where it's like, I go and buy and they're like, and he's a new transmission. And I'm like, is it L2? Yeah. All right, yeah. Go ahead and bring it over to my house yeah. and I'll drive it tomorrow. Uh, Right, so it's point. two different fields like you wouldn't do it but like if it was a computer and somebody said oh it's a computer but I don't know I think I fried the power supply or I might have fried you're like no, no just I'll buy it uh, $100 it's fine because I, I know the other parts are worth it so yeah. let me get in there I'll change out the motherboard I'll change out the other stuff that's not a thing but to most people but I wouldn't advise you to do open heart surgery that's fair but I feel like I've got the steady hand of the surgeon though so I can do it look it's you don't know the business Learn it, or or here's an idea: Don't buy this. That's, that's what it is. Like you, know. you say, learn it. Like was he going to go to like UNLV and be like, all right, time to study some hotel management? Well, so no. But well, my question then is: Are you are you really saying that William Wilkinson is not going to help him if he says, look, I want you to stay on and tell me how this works? Hey, Shalom, I'm I'm going to come over. I'm going to take your house. But I need you to clean it. I'm the mom. I'm, but this is the point. It's like you really you going to do a real good job of cleaning, aren't you? To stay alive, yeah. <laughs> like you, well, I, I mean, mean if, Wil- Wil- if Wilkerson is affording the flamingo, he ain't got enough money. He probably can buy a little bit of safety. I'm just saying. if he could buy a little bit of safety, Bugs wouldn't have been able to come in and say, "Look, well, no, no, no." I'm saying he could buy enough safety to keep himself alive. There's something different between keep yourself alive and keep your hotel and everything you own. Okay, all right, <laughs> and, like all right, fair point. That's all I think. But anyway, the Flamingo. Yeah. So the Flamingo finally opened, but it, it lasted about, uh, well, really, honestly, a couple months. Um, because in December of 46, a longtime friend, Meyer Lansky, came down to visit uh, Bugsy Siegel. That's cool. I mean, yeah, he's, you know, they had coffee. They hung out. Well, I mean, he got a hotel. So why might not? I mean, right. I, I really feel like it didn't happen like that. In fact, and you'll understand why here in a moment. While Luciano worked to keep the boys back east off of Siegel, he was already on the chopping block because he didn't have the money back. Like, he borrowed, he ended up borrowing up the excess of $6 billion. So, so I have a question. This is maybe is why I think it was a really bad idea for him to get into the business. Mm-hmm. The hotel he was managing for the mob obviously worked out. Right. It's the fact that he borrowed the money from other mobsters. Yeah. And then couldn't figure out how to do the construction. So he had a mind the gaming and the hotel and the stuff. He just couldn't get the construction down. Which is a problem. I mean, that is No, it's a obviously a problem because I feel like the reason that yes. they're coming, you're saying like Lucy, you know, Lucky is his friend, Myers' friend, they all helped each other out at the beginning. Right. It's just really scary to me that like 
he just lost it all. He was like one of the biggest names. And then all of a sudden they were like, you borrowed money from us yeah. and you're not paying it back. A trick he had used many times before. In fact, the Hollywood thing you were mentioning, yeah. that was his whole racket of mm-hmm. how to get extra money. Yeah, but you're not going to do that to gangsters. You no, know? obviously not. But he did it. And so he had to honestly think that this would pay work. off. Yeah. And then when it didn't, because you said a couple of months, but I read that it was open like 28 days. Yeah. Well, I, I said a couple of months. The hotel was open. Oh, okay. The hotel. The, I was hotel the, casino. Stayed, the hotel casino stayed open because, in fact, so at the so and I'm get I'll get there. The but I, I guess since we're moving forward, I'll kind of just jump to it. So Bugsy gets offed. I mean, they 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 kill him, man. He's we still don't know who did, but they killed him. He ends up getting shot shot up in his uh, in his girlfriend's hotel or his girlfriend's apartment, actually. I thought he was in his house. No, it wasn't in his house. It was in his girlfriend's place that he gets off. Well, and was he paying for it? Because I th- I know it was in L.A. He was back in L.A. Right? Yeah, he was in L.A. They'd already relieved him of the of the casino, right? Pretty much, it had not started turning profit. Well, it did start turning profit, but it was really late, and they'd already made the decision. Yeah, and uh, when you said they made the decision, that's a good point. So the syndicate had a meeting. And the meeting was the result. Both Meyer Lansky and Lucky Luciano were there. And it was the same day that, that, uh, Bugsy was gunned down. They, then three of Lansky's men walked into the Flamingo and announced that it was under new management. So, I mean, it's, yeah, the hotel was making money. The hotel casino was making some money, but it wasn't, it was too late. Uh, people were already coming call for their money and he didn't have it. On top of that, his girlfriend, had actually skipped town. Now, this is Virginia Hill, right? I right. assume. Okay. She had skipped town. Uh, she had actually gone to Switzerland. And she, the, the, allegedly, she took some of the money. So, they, there's a, a couple of different things here that were going on. They thought that either she took off. She was skimming money off the top and took away, took off. And they also thought that Bugsy was skimming money off the top, which isn't an inaccurate thought process considering the lifestyle he liked to live. Right, right. But in nineteen in the mid-1947, he was shot in, in the uh, Los Angeles home. But the the idea here that kind of just you know, makes this a more somber note is the fact that I really think that he would have paid them back had he actually had the momentum. But it was just, I think it was more about the message. Yeah, and you know, it's it kind of goes back to say that there are no friends in this game. Right, because both Luciano and Myers were at the meeting. Right, determining his fate. Exactly. So I don't know if they got overruled or if they voted in favor of it, but the fact that Meyer sent his men to do it makes me wonder, did he do that because he knew they would do a good job and do it clean? Or did he do it because he, he knew he had to be the boss and step up? I feel like it was more of that. And, and because the, the people would look at it. Here's the thing. like They're so closely connected yeah. that people would question him because they're questioning Bugsy. Right. So, I mean, the question now is, like, in, in corporate world, if you fail, if you if you take on a venture like this, a project, and you fail, no, you, you get fired. You're not, I mean, you're the CEO, you're not driving the ship. When you're driving the ship, and the ship's not riding right, the board comes in and says, you're gone. We're going to put somebody else in place. That's happened. I mean, that's why it works. But in this situation, failure seems a lot more final. I mean... You, you couldn't give the man, with all of his success that he had thus far and all the money he's made you thus far, you couldn't give the man a pass and say, look, man, you're, you're getting demoted back to college. No, I don't, I don't think you can. Because the problem is that not only is it him failing, it's him also probably skimming money, him allowing his girlfriend to skim money, yeah. mismanagement, and the fact that it's not just reflective on you. You're also tied to Meyer, mm-hmm. and you're also tied to, to Lucky. Yeah. 
And that's going to reflect on them. And so it's that whole thing point. of uh, just being soft on them. You can't, you can't be, you can't look like you're soft because then if he can skim off of you because he's a friend, so what about others? Then other people are going to do it too. So you, somebody does have to. So, so here's a here's a question though. So one, I think that before I get to the question, I think it might have it makes sense that it might have been. Uh, we talked about how he didn't know the numbers. Maybe this is maybe the money the the missing money is hidden in some of this this ledger. Like you paid money to for uh, something two or three times. Maybe I mean, like that. It, it could be. Yeah. It could be. That's a, that I didn't think of that. That's actually a good point. I think the other thing that I w- I would question is just when she ran off with this money, was the whole plan of going legit and everything did it change? And was the plan that we skim some money and then run off together? Wait, so uh, well, maybe. Oh. So Bugsy was actually trying to uh, go legit. Some say, and I'm, so it's possibility, and I like, I, I think it fits more with what we know. Like, Bugsy's not an idiot. So I think it's, I think it's kind of what Shalom was saying. Like, he went, he put the money, and he skimmed the money, and she skimmed the money, and then she hopped town taking it, and he was like, well, there's nothing I can do, guys. I'm a failure. I guess I'll take my money and leave. Yeah. And he thought he would, you know, eventually just be let off. Right. And it didn't work out that way. Yeah. I, I mean, that would be my bet because I just, I just don't see Bugsy One making that many bad purchases. Because I mean, I can understand it, but it's like you said, he strong arm a dude out of his own hotel and casino. Right. You're telling me he couldn't strong arm some people out of some goddamn landscaping and paving. But so okay, fair point. But if he didn't know what was happening, he's paying for it three or four. But times. I mean, at some point, he had to realize that the budget he was told is now four times what he's paying. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has to know that, and I think. The only way it makes sense is like you said, like this money is going somewhere else. Yeah, and you're right. And he's straight up taking it. Because here's the thing. He could wait. I think his plan was, I can wait for the casino to turn a profit. But that will take a while because I have to pay back the investors. Right. Or I can take the investors' money, leave the casino. The casino will make money. So they will get paid back over time. Right. So they'll be happy. There'll be nothing. They'll take the casino from me and learn that they're going to make more money. Then I was borrowed because yeah. they're going to make back a million dollars a year. So six years later, everyone's paid back. After that, it's all free money. So they, he thought he could just take the six million, I think, and I, cut talent. I, I feel like that just sounds like a horrible plan. But when you're talking about folks with this kind of money situation or this kind of industry, I mean, but I agree with you that it does make sense. It just sounds like a really bad idea. Well, I'm just saying, I, the only thing that makes sense to me is that she wouldn't... That she, her just leaving with his money. Yeah, I still see him not not turning her over. I mean, I get it, but you know, there've been like throughout history, there've been things that men. Have well, been, yeah, men no, have no, I, I get that, but I just yeah, not men. I mean, yeah, I guess men like him, but I'm just. It seems hard for me to believe that he just got suckered that hard by so many people all of a sudden. That's fair. And then led his way to his own death. Like I feel like he did it. And if anything, Myers meeting when he came down there and they hung out, he realized what was going on. Yeah. I think that's what happened. I think Meyer came down and saw the hotel and said, Ain't six million dollars here. Yeah. And he said, You've been you've been skimming is the real deal, but it wasn't so much skimming as just embezzling. Mm. And he's like, No, nah, he's just taking the money. And she left town. Right. And he's like, mm, they left, never town. Her, did they? left town. Mm. Left town. Left town. Mm-hmm. So, so here's a question, though. And here, here's the question I was going to ask you. Would you, 
Like, I, I would like to think that we're best friends. I mean, sure. I would, I'm almost family, right? I would like to say that. Sure. So, would you, if it were a situation where I had borrowed that level of money from you, well, let's say a million. I had borrowed a million bucks from you to, for some failed business venture. And I don't have a million dollars, so I don't know how that feels. Would you, would you, <laughs> would you offer me? I would, no. I mean, I'll, if you could get away with it, I mean, would you? No. Me? I mean, why, one, I don't see the point. Dead people can't pay you back. Okay. And I don't loan other people. If I loaned other people, I mean, my loan shark. And my loan shark, there's a reason for me to do it. I still don't know if I do it, but that, that would be, that would be it. Yeah. Um, no. I mean, point in case. In real life, money you probably owe me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably somewhere in there, but uh, but not a million dollars. No, 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 no. <laughs> maybe like three hundred. So I don't. I, I'm, over the years, I mean, that's a that's a crude over. I mean, like yeah. sixteen years, something like that. Uh, Compound interest. So, no, I'm like, <laughs> it's like fifty bucks a year. I haven't been paid back. God damn it. Um, yeah. No, that's just uh, no. I'm not, I don't, I, I, I wouldn't be, I'm not that type, I guess, I wouldn't be a loan shark for that reason. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd either expect my money back or not, but I'd be too stingy. Like, I'd only make them safe bets. I would be the dude on Prosper.com that's like, I'll fund your loan at 24% interest. Right. Guarantee. Um, mm-hmm. That. No. I, if you mean, now, if I was my Lansky. Yeah. Yes. I would, I would, it's a done deal. Him or me? That's no, no, no. I'm saying, and, us no, but yeah. in their their position yes because they they're in a different like if I'm just a guy that has a million dollars saved up and I loan someone that's that's on me. Yeah. I mean you know my whole philosophy on loaning money, but I don't ask for what it's for before I give it to you. I don't have a right to get mad on what you spend it on after right. I give it to you. Yeah, and I should never I never loan more than I have. So it's also if, if, if I was Meyer Lansky though, and my business is my business, and this is my name and stuff and I'm going to lose a lot more money off of it and I have to do this yeah. because I'm going to be overruled by other people if I don't. Yeah, I'll be the one to do it. I'll be the one to make sure it happens, right? Uh, what about you? Well, same thing, man. Like, I wouldn't offer anybody even if they owed me any money just because I wouldn't actually give them the money if I couldn't afford it. Yeah. You know? Hmm. That's, Wow. <laughs> deep, right? That's pretty yeah. deep, yeah. So I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't offer the man. Over, well, let me rephrase. If if it's friend to friend like the, like us, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't offer you. I would never kill you for for any amount of money, unless somebody's trying to give me a million dollars. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it just wouldn't happen, man. It just wouldn't oh, happen. No. But in in this world, I think I, I personally wouldn't want to. I would reluctantly do it because yeah. you have to, yeah, for the, to support the business. Um, now, and if you don't, because if I don't, somebody else is going to do it, and then they're going to come after me. Now I want to ask the listeners a question. Please I'll do. flip this. If you were Bugsy and you saw an opportunity to finally get free and live the lifestyle you wanted in Aruba, in Switzerland, wherever, and you could take off with your social friends and not your crime friends and live happily over there, and you could make off with six million dollars. Even if you thought that there was a 50-50 chance, do you take that shot? That's why I want to know. Because I personally think I might do it. Yeah, I think I would too. <laughs> well, just, to, just to get out of the game? Well, to, to get out of the game, have the woman you actually love, leave your family behind, leave your past behind, crime behind, start new and just be filthy rich and just enjoy the society part and not have to do all the work or the crime or anything else. 
and live on that boat house. So I, mm-hmm. I feel like that that's some that's some 007 shit right there where he wants to like in Casino Royale where he wants to get out of the game completely and go with Vesper Lind. And I, we see where that got him. I personally feel like this environment, this world, this this uh, enterprise, you don't escape from. It's it's one that you can retire. Very few gangsters do retire, but you go into retirement, and then sometimes you call back in to make uh, mob boss decisions and folks. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, I get you. And you know, gangsters and the old folks. Huh? You see what I'm saying? Exactly. And I feel like they knew that shit going into the game. So now that we were like, oh, I fell in love and I made some cash. I just want to, I just want to be peaceful. So, so maybe you, maybe you groom somebody to take your place and then you step out the right way. Right. But you don't have, well, the problem is that you're not going to have another opportunity to get away with that money. Maybe not that, that amount of money, but so, I mean, if you know the impending doom is coming and you're trying to run with six. No, no, I'm not saying that the the doom is caused by this. Right. Not the, the doom is a factor. I'm just saying you see an opportunity where you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to ask people to invest in this. And then people start handing you money and you go, wait a minute. I can just say the budget needs to be bigger because we're doing all this cool shit. And I take the money. And then just leave. And then just leave. And by the time anyone realizes it, I'll be long gone and they'll be getting paid back. So technically, not hurting anyone. But do you you think gangsters think like that? Like, I'm going to be getting oh, paid I think, back. I think, he, I think he did. Oh, yeah. I mean, but it's just a matter of the whole thing of sending a message plus the interest thing, you know, loan sharking works. Yeah. All of that tied up together. So you don't think that he would send him a message by... Uh, they would send him a message when he left, you know? I think it's a lot harder to do that. I mean, it's a lot harder. And I think the thing is, like, he thought, yeah, they could, they can invest the time to come and kill me and do it. But one, we're friends. We're good. I got lucky to where he is. Meyer and me came up together. So they're, they're my safety net. They're going to protect me. Because, so far, because yeah. somebody's going to say, look, we have his casino. It's making money. It's the best casino. Because I think he really did try to build the best casino in Vegas. Yeah. But I don't think he built it just for him. Or maybe he started it just for him and then realized it wasn't for him. Hmm. And then was like, well, these guys will take it. I think the casino was uh, definitely a ploy at something. It was either for him to turn legit or for them. Because then there's no reason to not throw that into the crime syndicate right. operation. Have the support of them. Not have to borrow their money. And just get a bigger cut of the pie. So I wonder what kind of money he was making to begin with. That's oh, he had to be. He had to be yeah. uh, pretty well paid because, like, I know him and Virginia Hill, who I don't like talking about for some reason. They they would drop, they would drop a couple grand, like at the yeah. jewelry store at dinner, one, hotels, vacations. Like when they did something, and he had a whole other family too. He had his wife and kid and stuff. Right. But then he was like, "Oh, me and Virginia, that's our thing. That's the one he took out to Hollywood premieres and all this right. and that." And then it'd just be like, $30,000, here you go. So what do you think about that? Like when you're just flamboyant with the fact uh, that you have a mistress? I think the fact that a lot of these old gangsters are different than the new gangsters in the sense that they're very separate in their lives. Right. It kind of makes sense that you, you have your home life and your home life isn't about crime. And no one should disturb that. And that's off limits. And then you have your business side where you go and do dirt and you got if a woman comes along that's also in that industry, yeah. and you can have a woman on both sides of that fence, I think it'd be very hard for one of these guys not to follow that up. As far as the wife and stuff being okay with it, I'm sure it has something to do with the fact that you can live in a mansion and have everything you ever wanted. But 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna dip my wick over here. And yeah. I, I think that for some women, they can make that work in their heads, and some dudes can. I mean, they can they can figure out how two families work or whatever. Yeah, I think it's impossible, but. You know what? It's it's interesting. Um, <laughs> He's like a uh, something I'll be researching. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, mean considering it, I, mean, I, I just wonder how the dynamic of the world worked at that point in time. Because nowadays, a, a lot of what you see is you you don't see that whole sharing type situation. I mean, I guess you do see it some, like where right. you got where you've got the the wife and the kids here, and then you've got the mistress on the side, right. and. Because kind of one of the things I've learned is as long as the mistress doesn't check the home or the, the the queen at the house, you know you shouldn't have any issues. I mean, there's a whole there's a whole psychology to that. Uh, I'm not sure I get. I fully encourage all of our listeners not to cheat. It's a horrible, horrible. As somebody that's been cheated on yet again, it's a horrible, horrible thing that I would never, never do to somebody. Right. It's just. No, I mean it hurts, bro. I mean, I, I don't yeah, disagree that it hurts, but here's the thing: we're talking about this this era of these gangsters and, and oh yeah, and well, I mean, and, 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 I mean, I'm saying I understand how they do, it, but I'm saying I can't understand the psychology behind it. And, and I'd like to understand the psychology, you know. Well, I, maybe I one them. day we can be not psychologists. <laughs> All right, well, that's actually a good point. Yeah, let's cut this out, and then we'll have the we can talk more about this on the after show. Sounds we're good. Have, we have a show where we talk about just the show. Right. And each other and things. So, do you have any closing thoughts on 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 uh, Bugsy? On Bugsy, I think to borrow a term from you, he epitomizes gangster. Like he really does to me. This one's the first one Agreed. that we've done where I feel like everything is there. The violence is there. The suave debonairness is there. The tragic ending is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of it just kind of falls into place. I can't think of anyone else that I've researched either in the past or in the future so far. That really quite fills the role for me as much as this guy does. I, I can agree to that. What about you, Brian Marcus? I learned that uh, Bugsy Siegel was uh, he was kind of a good guy in a way. You know, I mean, he was cool, collected, and he knew what he was doing. But at the same time, what he was doing was wrong. <laughs> if that okay. makes any sense. I, mean, I think it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. I, I think so. I think it does. Uh, for me, I think this is, a, this is a prime example of the constant struggle between man's search for himself. You know, you've got this guy who find who finds this enterprise that works for him. He's making money, and he move he builds builds something here, and that's a great empire. Moves to the next empire, builds it. It's great. Moves to the next venture, doesn't work so well, and he understands that he's now punished for his transgressions, his mistakes. So, I mean, I feel like you you, you can't outrun that mortality that's right behind you. And I think this epitomizes that. Right. So basically, if you get into a life of crime, there ain't no getting out of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's definitely the end result of Bugsy Seagull's tale. Agreed. Until next time, uh, you can catch us on Twitter or Facebook, at Not Historians. And then also make sure to check out our Patreon. It's just patreon.com slash nothistorian. Right. Uh, there's some cool things on there that you can get. There'll be more coming because we are actually trying to work on some stuff. To find out more about that, you can check on our bonus episode. And we didn't run any ads this show because we were really trying to condense as much as we could. So we do want to give a few shout-outs just here at the end. Um, first off is the TX Files. Secondly, we have Strange Animals, who is a very cool show that I like out. Uh, not not safe for work history. 
and the Nerdtastic Four. Yep, where we'll have a show with uh, Chris yeah, that Chris you can check out. Yeah. And then I'm also on that show, so you can check that show out. Until next time. See you. I'm or with your host, I'm Shalom. With your host, I'm Shalom. That's correct. I am Baboon Big Star Legend. <laughs> I am Legend. <laughs> Alright, no, we, so we're going to fucking cut that. Maybe. It's at the end. Fucking it's, it's, it's at the end. It's at the end. Alright, so we'll pick it up again.